I was counting coming in, we probably are down at least 25 people today. The Florida College Camp in Prescott starts today, and we're at least 25 people we normally have are on their way to there. there. Uh, so that'll be a good week for them. It's vacation time in the Valley. A lot of our own numbers are, uh, are away. We have some visitors from out of state. I'm not sure why you're here. But, <laughs> but we're glad you're here anyway. Prices must be cheap this time of the year. I think they are, actually. Anyway, it's good, good to have everybody. And uh, be sure and pray this week for safety for all of our children and counselors that are, that are away. <clears throat> Ephesus. What happened? We were talking in the car coming. Some are going, uh, what? We'll see in just a second, uh, a few minutes. What happened at Ephesus? Ephesus was about 65 miles north of the Isle of Patmos. It was on a major trade route from Rome going east. It was a very urbane, uh, modern kind of city for its time. Uh, it was a very idolatrous city, one of the seven wonders of the world. Uh, the Temple of Diana was there. Um, the church, we, we see the start of it in Acts 18, when, when Paul is there just for a short period of time. Now, 19, Acts 19, he comes back, and he's there for about three years. Uh, the church gets started there. This is somewhere around A.D. 60, somewhere in there. It could have been 58 to 60. Um, the book of Ephesians was written somewhere around 61 to 62 A.D. Paul's third journey was from about 53, maybe up to 57 or 58 A.D. So we're in that roughly A.D. 60 time period. When Paul uh, got there to Ephesus in Acts 18, he took with him... Um, Aquila and Priscilla, and he left, but he left them there to, to, to work. In Acts 19, he comes back, and we, we see uh, a lot, a lot of good work there, a lot of uh, turmoil in the city. Uh, we also see in Acts 20 where after Paul leaves, after about three years, he gets to Miletus, and he's, he sends back to the elders. He's got some more things to, to say to them, and he says that, uh, there's going to be wolves, ravenous wolves coming in after I leave here. In fact, some of the wolves are going to come from you elders, you shepherds. Be on the lookout for that. So that's a really brief thumb, thumbnail uh, sketch of, um, of um, Ephesus. Let's look just real quickly at some of the things uh, that Paul mentioned uh, in his letter to the Ephesians. He calls them in Ephesians 1 and verse 1, uh, the faithful in Christ Jesus. 1 and verse 15, I've heard of your love. Now, keep that word in the back of your mind. We're going to get to that in a little bit. I've heard of your love for all the saints. You used to be aliens. You were strangers. You were foreigners. But now you are in Christ. Walk worthy of your calling, 4 and verse 1. Um, be kind to one another, tenderhearted. Uh, forgiving one another, even as Christ forgave you. That's going to come into play here in a little bit uh, as well. Walk in love as Christ also um, loved us. 
Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Wives, respect your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Uh, servants, uh, make sure that you're, you're working as to the Lord and not just for, for eye service to please men. Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Don't break your children's spirit, Paul said. Now, only about 30, could have been 35 years later, probably was closer to 35 years later. Turn to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, going to read a few verses. Starting in verse 1. <clears throat> to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered. Now notice all these wonderful things that, that John's saying. And you have persevered, you have patience, you have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Remember from where you have fallen and repent and do your first works or you're going to be lost. Now, how do we go 35 years earlier to a thriving church, a big church, to 35 years later, to Jesus himself talking about uh, the church at Ephesus. What happened? What happened? John 4 and verse 24 says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. One is as important as the other. The, the word and coordinates those two things. 1 Corinthians 13, remember about, maybe is it three years ago, maybe? Time flies when you get a little bit older. Um, we had a whole quarter on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 about love. Paul said, without love, you're, you're really, you have nothing. You can give away all your goods. You can give away all your money to feed the poor. And if you don't have love, worthless. He said, you can even have your body burned. But if you don't have love, it profits you nothing. And then in verse 13 of chapter 13, he says that faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. So what happened to Ephesus? We're going to find out here in just a little bit. My favorite all-time airplane. And Greg, you notice I've got American. <laughs> we have an American pilot here, and uh, so I, I searched to find that American 747. I used to travel a lot internationally, a lot. And my favorite all-time plane, it was the most reliable, it was the largest, it had more room, uh, was the Boeing 747. Love that plane. In Luke 7 and verse 47, I've heard it called the 747 principle. 
747 had wide wings, it was spacious, it was reliable, and it was safe. Now, in Luke 7, we, we, don't, we all know the story there, but uh, there was a Pharisee by the name of Simon. And Simon invited Jesus to a dinner. Jesus was a very sociable guy. He was a type A. Uh, he went to weddings. He went to dinners because he, he was always wanting to meet other people and, and to, to talk about uh, what was coming. And he came in. He sat down at the table. And there was a, a lady from the streets. Some call her a prostitute, probably. Somehow or another, she got in. And she sat at Jesus' feet. She was kissing his feet. She was crying. Her tears were flowing so much that it wet his feet. She dried his feet with her hair. And this smug Pharisee, Simon, says to himself, be careful what you say to yourself. The Lord's listening. And said, um, if this man knew who this lady was, uh, he would not be so open. So, of course, Jesus knew that. Jesus said to him, Simon, let me ask you a question. And he said, teacher, say it. There were two men. One owed their a debtor 500 days wages. Another debtor owed the same uh, guy 50 days wages. And he said, Simon, let me ask you a question. Who do you suppose loved um, the debtor the most? And he said, well, I suppose the one who was forgiven the most. And he said, you well said. And then in verse 47, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, but whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Now think about that a second. Why did the Pharisee uh, not understand God's, Jesus' forgiveness? Uh, the Pharisees, they, they didn't uh, accept forgiveness. They debated it. The same with grace. They, didn't, they understood grace, but it was more of an intellectual thing. So I think that's where we can be sometimes. And I think that's probably where um, where the church at Ephesus uh, started their downhill fall on things like that. Now, what does that mean to us, really? What, what does that mean to us? There's a, there was a church in Nashville, Tennessee. I grew up in Bowling Green, not far from there, about an hour. Kentucky. It was called the Riverside Drive Church of Christ. Probably been in operation for maybe a hundred years, maybe a little more. The church had over 500 members in the 60s and 50s, 60s, and 70s, maybe even up into the 80s, but beginning to lose at that point. Over 500, it was the largest church in Tennessee. In fact, in the 50s and 60s, it was the largest conservative church of Christ, I would say, in the United States. At that time, not now, but at then. 
What happened? About five years ago, they had their last service. The few stragglers straggled out. They put a padlock on the front door, and they sold it to a real estate developer. What happened? There, there's there's a, a phrase that says, the church has no grandchildren. The church has no grandchildren. Think about that just for a second. Each generation must pick up the mantle, shoulder the burden, continue to teach the truth, be evangelistic still as the older generation uh, dies off. What happened at Ephesus? Did they become complacent? I suspect they did. Did they have the truth, but not the spirit? I think so. Think about this for a second. When, when we have a new convert, we've had several lately, of the truth and the spirit, which one they might they be a little weak in early on? The truth. They're still trying to learn all of this. Those of us who have been Christians a long time, we've got the truth. We can quote stuff. It's amazing. But do we have the spirit like we should have? Do we love each other like we should? Do we love Jesus like we should? Do we appreciate what he's done for us? It's easy to forgive once you understand how much you've been forgiven. There's the difference. There's the difference. Had they lost the evangelistic spirit? I suspect they had. What happened at uh, Riverside Driving? I suspect that's true. Had their love for the brethren waned? I suspect that's true. Had, did that happen in Ephesus? I suspect that's true. Did they have a fear of the government? Could be. The government was, uh, was pretty controlling then, didn't, didn't think much of Christianity. Well, guess what? We're headed that way ourselves here from a Christian perspective. Now, here's the question for you and me. What will Monta Vista look like in 30 years? What will Monta Vista look like in 10 years? The church has no grandchildren. Will this church be here in 10 years? Will it be here in 30 years? We have to do our part. I don't care what age you are. Ken Leach used to say, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a lifestyle. We all have to be involved. Or this church may not be here in 25 or 30 years, just like the, the Riverside Drive Church, just like, have you, have you been... I haven't been to Ephesus yet. I hope to go maybe one day. But is there a church of Christ in Ephesus today? Oh, that's right. No, there's not. What happened? What happened? The church has no grandchildren. You have to do your part. We all have a part. And guess what? God expects us to do our part. Whatever that happens to be. Whatever that happens to be. Luke 7:47 the 747 principle 
You cannot give what you've never received. You receive Jesus' love first. Internalize it. You can give it to your brothers, brothers and sisters. The first step in love is not toward them. It's toward him. If we want to learn to forgive like we should, we have to appreciate how much we've been forgiven. Once we appreciate him, his love and how much he has forgiven a worm like me, it becomes easier to forgive others. It's hard to put others first unless you put Jesus first. It's just a fact. Luke 7.47, don't ever forget the 7.47 principle. You love little because you feel like you've been forgiven little. You love a lot when you feel like you've been forgiven a lot by him. I hope that makes some sense to you. But that's Ephesus. What happened? Well, hopefully on a thumbnail, we've sort of We've sort of looked at what happened to them. Now, let's be real careful what could happen to us. Let's keep it going. Let's keep, you know, we baptized six people in the last, what, three weeks. We're working with people who are, who are in the process of being restored. That's what we've got to be doing. Look around. Listen. Listen when someone, you hear somebody that needs something, that's struggling. Well, let's get to the elders. Let the, how about you doing it? How about you taking care of it? That's what's expected from us. That's what it's expected from us. Let's do that. Let's do that. What changed? We're in a very good place right now. There's a lot of good things going on here. And here's the idea. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Look around, do your part. If you're not a Christian, and I suspect there's some here, you can be one. You can become one. Now, we've heard recently somebody, well, I don't know enough. To, do you know enough that Jesus loves you, that he will forgive your sins if you repent of your sins and you're willing to be baptized for the remission of sins? You know what you need to know? That's all you need to know. We'll work on the rest of it. You can work on the rest of it. There may be some here who have lost their way. Some of us have been in that boat in our lives. We lost our way. You can come back. Just like in Luke 15, the prodigal son. God's always looking. He's not going to run after you, but he's looking for you. And you can come back. And we'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. So as Mike leads us, we'll all stand as we sing number 818.